This is episode 279 of the Beyond the Food Show. And today's episode is about the non-diet approach to postpartum with a guest expert, Jared Soloff. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Going Beyond the Food Show. I'm Stephanie Dozier, clinical nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor, creator of the Going Beyond the Food Method. And after a 25-year dieting career that started at the age of 12, I decided to say hell no to diet culture and hell yes to living my life to the fullest in my now body. And I made it my mission to help smart, successful women like you live confidently, unconditionally, right now. Ready, sister? Let's do this. Hey, if you're new to the Going Beyond the Food Show, our podcast roadmap has been designed with you in mind. With over 250 episodes available to listen, it can feel overwhelming to know which episode to prioritize for you. The podcast guide answers the top five questions women have when they enter our world of going beyond the food to unlearn diet culture. To get your free copy of our podcast roadmap guide, head over to stephaniedoziate.com forward slash roadmap or use the hyperlink in the show notes. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome back, my sisters. I am proud, that's the word, to be presenting this episode for you. As you know, I do not have any child, so therefore I've never been pregnant, but I wanted to do this episode about postpartum and the non-diet approach to it because a lot of you have been reaching out who are mothers or will be mothers and you are, quote, struggling or find it very difficult to navigate the postpartum period of creating life because all you're hearing is the diet culture patriarchal approach to postpartum. So I'm honored to be able to present you with a guest today, Jared, who has lived experience. She's a mom. She is also a dietitian and a lactation expert and has changed her practice over the last number of years to get this message out into the world to other women on how there is another way to approach postpartum. So when she sent me an email to pitch herself on the show, I'm like, oh my God, we need this because I'm hearing it from all of you. And particularly, I want to acknowledge someone, one of the listeners here. She has been a listener on the podcast, a follower on my social media for years. And that's for you, Edna. She sent me this beautiful voice memo about what she's observing in her community of new mother. Now, she's been with us for so long that she has built in the skill to not herself, quote, fall victim to diet culture and patriarchal ideology of postpartum for women. So, But she's seeing it around her. So Edna, this is for you, and this is for all the women who have given birth or will be giving birth. Know that what is being portrayed on mass media right now is not the only way. There is another way. We as women have this magnificent power within our body to create life. We have the power to bring another human life, like 
can we just sit with this a minute? We create life. Our body have the capacity to expand in such a way that we create and develop another human being. Yet, as soon as we women are giving birth to this human life, patriarchy and diet culture expects us to shrink our body back so we can fit their ideal of what a woman's body is and absolutely leave no trace of the magical act that us and our body have just performed. We are, as Edna left me in her voice memo, are goddesses. We are magicians. And we don't have to have a difficult postpartum. We don't have to struggle with our body image post-birth. And the only reason why we struggle is because of the narrative from diet culture and patriarchy. So we have to change this narrative. And that's my goal today with this episode is to help you change the narrative in your mind of what and how you can approach postpartum differently. And that's what we're going to do with this interview with Sharon. So... We're going to talk about diet culture and how it infiltrated postpartum. We're going to talk about the non-diet approach. We're going to talk about body image, post-birth. We're going to talk about a weight-inclusive approach to lactation. And most important, how to find virtual coaching and support for you, mom, so you can integrate the non-diet approach in your post-birth life. So without any further ado, let's do this interview. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm very excited with this. We have 270 some odd episodes, and we only had one so far about fertility. And this one about postpartum, we've never talked about this subject. So I'm very excited about this. Oh, yeah, I'm here for it. It's a huge piece of something that needs to be talked about more. And um, I'm excited to share about it. In the non-diet way, I think... I don't have a lot of resources to send people to. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited about this. So talk to us about how you came to do this work because it's a non-conforming. It's not the traditional way of talking about postpartum. So what got you to do this? Well, you know, I think for many of us in this space, it's always kind of intertwined with our own experience, which is really similar for me. So I, you know, was really on the cycle of both dieting and, and more disordered eating um, as a younger adolescent and early adulthood. And I had my daughter very young, I was only 20, and was still really working um, in my recovery and my own healing. And it was just such a, a unique time, um, I think, for postpartum for all of us. It's so vulnerable. And it's such a huge identity shift in who we are and also can be really right for healing in your relationship with food too. So I just really felt like I discovered a new layer after the birth of my daughter and felt so, you know, inclined to make sure that I was not passing on my food issues to her um, and noticed how much pieces really reared their head throughout pregnancy, also during postpartum. So, you know, at that time I was 
continuing my training to be a dietitian um, and really started to shift gears more into the intuitive eating, eating disorder world because it was going to allow me to practice with what I was going on in my own life and own healing. So, you know, my own personal story has really inspired the work that I do and specifically with moms too. Yeah. And I think it is a resource that women need because I have to be uh, honest and sharing that with you in the audience. I would say about 40% of my clients in my program are moms that just became mom or women who want to get pregnant. And the reason why they come to my program is they, they say exactly what you said. I don't want to pass on the issue to my own children. I want like to stop with me. Yes. And I think of the intergenerational impact, right, of what we've learned. And I'm hopeful that the work that we're doing is we're going to be the first generation to stop that cycle. Um, We are raising a generation of children that is different than maybe how we were raised. And we're, we're not passing on the diet culture that's been a part of our, you know, our growing up. So let's get down to the specific nature of postpartum. And Mm -hmm. can you kind of lay the land as to how diet culture infiltrated the postpartum phase of pregnancy? You call it the fourth trimester, right? Yes. I would hope that pregnancy and postpartum would be sacred and protected from diet culture. But diet culture is, you know not protecting any piece um, of our lives, unfortunately, and um, invades pregnancy. And pregnancy can be a landmine of triggers for someone in recovery or doing, you know, work towards intuitive eating in that there's a constant focus on weight, on numbers. Um, There's increased awareness around nutrition intake, messages around changing bodies. Um, And one of the things that, you know, I saw personally, I see it with my clients is that maybe a client is working towards unconditional permission to eat or, you know, finding satisfaction for maybe the first time in their life. And pregnancy is almost this time where it feels like it's acceptable to have permission in that way. And then arriving in the postpartum period, you know, it kind of yanks that permission away. So it's this idea that it's acceptable to gain weight. It's acceptable to eat what you like when you're pregnant because you're carrying a a child. But as soon as that baby is born, you better work on getting your body back. Yeah, the whole bounce back, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of the of the trap is those messages around food and around weight. Um, And I also think of, you know, not only the messages around weights and health that show up in postpartum, but also just how vulnerable physically most individuals are. So there are so many hormone changes. And I think about, you know, trying to be in attunement with hunger and fullness and appetite and how hard that is just for any of us, right? Um, If you're working on intuitive eating, but think about being postpartum and recovering from birth and having your appetite hormones dysregulated and your sleep dysregulated, it can make it so difficult to work on just being really mindful and in tune with your food. Mm. In your book, you speak about this, the cultural deviation of the postpartum period, you call it the 40 day period, Mm -hmm. right? And you share how in different culture, there's different 
way of approaching it and how in North America we've completely like switched or twisted how we approach postpartum and how, and in fact, it leads us to disrespect our body. Can you speak to that so people can really see how we even approach postpartum in this dangerous way, I guess? Absolutely. I think it is dangerous. It's not supportive of moms, of children, of their families. And unfortunately, just like diet culture is systemic, the way that we approach pregnancy and postpartum is part of our systemic system also. Um, We don't have the systems in terms of paid family leave or just seeing postpartum and bringing a child into the world as a huge life event that requires time and support. So, you know, the 40-day rest period that's present in other cultures really honors the family and particularly the mother who gave birth um, as sacred. And so there's a period of rest and support. So um, families usually get support with the day-to-day tasks that you don't want to be, you know, bombarded with when you have a new baby. So help with cooking, help with, you know, tasks around the house, such as cleaning and laundry. Um, The mother and the family is really catered to and taken care of in a way that is not present here in the U.S. at all. So it's really difficult and impactful. And there's been some research that's been really interesting on the relationship between our practices here and the rates of postpartum depression, which is not surprising to me um, because, you know, there's such a push to get back to work. There are so many changes going on physically and there's just a lack of, of support, you know, physically, mentally, and in every area during that time. Cause that's one thing I wanted to ask you is about postpartum depression I have, I'm not a specialist in that field at all, but I hear about it constantly and I see it on mm-hmm. my friends on social media or influence or how present it is in today's world. And to me, it's a sign that something that we're doing is not supportive of the mother. Absolutely. There's also, you would be really interested to hear some of the research around relationships between um, doing more screening around disordered eating during pregnancy and postpartum and that link um, with postpartum depression as well. So, you know, all that to say that those pieces in our relationships with food really impact how we feel during postpartum. So are we are not screening during the pregnancy follow-up in the traditional medical setting for eating disorder? Is that what you're saying? And that mm-hmm. leads to depression? We, we are not screening enough. Oh. Um, some of the research has screened and found out that I think it's like one in four individuals would meet criteria for disordered eating or subclinical, quote, quote, disordered eating, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's in and of itself really difficult to say, well, what falls under that umbrella? Because someone could be dieting for 20 years and that has a huge impact on their life, right? And for them, that's just their normal. Like they don't think it as disordered eating. It's just their normal life. Yeah. So we're, we're not screening. Um, unfortunately, most health professionals aren't trained in being able to understand or observe, you know, what that looks like. And so it's really not being assessed during pregnancy or postpartum. And that lead to the postpartum depression. 
they can have a, a relationship with it. Mm, interesting. So let's talk about your specialty here, which is nutrition in the postpartum phase and support to lactation. Uh, what would be your advice or recommendation or your approach to nutrition if it's not around this whole period of weight loss and getting the baby back? Like, what is the non-diet approach to nutrition postpartum? It's intuitive eating, which I think really surprises some people. Well, it's, not a, it's not a surprise to us, of course, but, um, you know, it is a framework that fits it's the way we were designed and born to eat. So mm -hmm. it fits at all times and seasons of our life. You know, practicing intuitive eating during postpartum takes some careful practice and skill um, because there are so many different factors that might impact your ability to be in attunement. However, it's exactly how your baby is born to eat also. So one of the things that I love is seeing parents who you know, are choosing or able to breastfeed and using their baby as a model to kind of mirror to them, you know, look, you're not controlling, you're not scheduling your baby's intake. I mean, they are feeding on demand, they are regulating themselves. So it's a really wonderful mirror to kind of help us even learn that we can honor our different cues and we can be in attunement in that way. We don't have to be prescriptive or controlled. So this whole model that we need to eat more because we are breastfeeding, mm -hmm. is that accurate? And is that the signal that naturally the body will give you? Absolutely. And I would also add, and I, I make it a point in the cookbook too, um, to share that even if you choose to not breastfeed or you cannot breastfeed, you still need to eat more because you are still healing from birth. Um, and I think the message that we get is if you're breastfeeding, this is the only nutrition message that I got when I was postpartum, if you're breastfeeding, eh, eat like 500 more calories. You should be good. That's all the nutrition information you need. Um, first of all, the calorie piece can be harmful. Um, and that specific number is going to vary for everyone. We all have specific needs. So um, for both, you know, if you're breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, your body does need more because you're recovering from a huge experience of birth um, and your hunger and fullness and your appetite will be able to help regulate that energy intake for you. What would be your tip for those? There's a, a large population that are listening to this podcast that begins their journey in intuitive eating, right? Mm -hmm. And often what I'm finding more and more in the last year and a half is that women finally take the step of intuitive eating when they find out that they're pregnant, mm -hmm. right? They're like, okay, now I really got to deal with this. Yeah. So by the time they get to giving birth, they're not yet an intuitive eater. Mm -hmm. So what would be your advice or tips for this, these women? That's such a great point because I, I see that also. And you see the same thing <laughs> because of the motivation that we spoke about, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, I better, better get this together, better work on this for real. Um, so, you know, I would hope that there is support, whether you're working um, with intuitive eating counselor or coach such as yourself or a nutrition therapist, um, someone skilled in this area, just so we can help walk them through that time. You know, I might use a little bit more structure for someone who isn't all the way towards intuitive eating, um, just to provide a little bit more support in terms of getting those appetite cues more regulated. And then we can kind of gradually work towards that intuitive eating piece. But 
because there are so many pieces that are really vulnerable and shifting during postpartum, I think it can help to have a little bit more structure in, in a gentle way. So let me give one or two examples. Yeah. That might mean let's focus on eating every three to four hours just so we can kind of stabilize your blood sugar. So you're not getting those big dips in energy. Let's focus on making sure that you have a good combination of different nutrients at every meal or snack. Um, so there can be really gentle ways that are not diet focused that we can still provide a little bit of structure. That's good. And that's what the cookbook helps with is it gives you um, kind of a variety of food that you can bring in to your day-to-day -day life that would support this approach without being diety. Because that's what I find very difficult with most cookbook to recommend is the there's always an underlying message of dying culture where yeah. yours is completely free of it all. Thank you. That makes me so proud and happy to hear. And yes, I saw the same theme. And so it's important to me, you know, I think you and I kind of practice from a place of sharing this with our clients and during postpartum specifically, regardless of whether you are recovering from diet culture, most of us are, right? It's hard to find anything that's not saturated in it. So it needs to be quick. It needs to be simple and also hopefully meet those nutrition needs as well. Absolutely. I want to talk about something I read on your website. Uh, you say, I am a weight inclusive lactation care specialist. So mm -hmm. never had children. I never breastfed, obviously. But why is it important to put that term in? Is it because there's a lot of stigma and fat phobia in lactation consulting? Mm -hmm. there, there is. is. Oh. Yes. And I'm not sure. I think I invented this term for myself because <laughs> I am, am the person that I am in terms of, you know, my experience has been in helping individuals yeah. hear their relationship with food. And then I also went to pursue lactation and I, it's a part of who I am. I can't get rid of that piece. Mm -hmm. So um, lactation in particular, you know, we are taught that it is biased in the way that we are taught to see individuals in larger bodies in terms of their ability to breastfeed. Really? Yes. I thought I'm totally naive in that field. Like, yes, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's really was interesting to see and hear. It was something that I hadn't thought of would be touched by yeah. course, though. Right. It's going to be touched by weight stigma and fat phobia. Um, so there are certain messages around individuals and in larger bodies, not being able to have as much of a capacity to produce milk, um, not being able to breastfeed as long and the, you know, different pieces that are kind of stated as part of it can be um, directed at more maybe health focused pieces. So for example, diabetes or polycystic ovarian syndrome, but those would be, you know, situations where even as a dietitian, I would look for different ways that we can try to manage and support those symptoms that have nothing to do with weight. So if you have PCOS and you are, um, you know, a, a normal body size or you are living a larger body, both of those can be addressed and supported without focus on weight. That's incredible. Like that's my own naivete. I would have never thought that it would have infiltrated even the lactation world. That's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So though, though you invented the term, it is so needed, like especially for people in recovery of disordered eating or people that just left the world of 
diet culture, when they want to get support, you don't want to trigger people back into their old ways. Exactly. And we're learning that postpartum in particular is actually one of the riskiest times for someone to relapse into, you know, old disordered eating or dieting patterns. So it is really essential. And one of the other pieces that I feel is important to touch on is talking about, we talked about diet culture and postpartum, but specifically with breastfeeding is that now breastfeeding is seen as a way to lose weight. So it is coupled in that way. Um, And that is a huge motivator, quote, quote, for people to breastfeed. And, oh, it just fires me up. Go for it. Um, For so many reasons. Um, It infuriates me that it's been coupled in that way. And that's the motivation. But so part of my work as a lactation consultant and hopefully training other providers in this field is understanding that decoupling it first away from weights or burning calories or whatever it might be, but also that it can be a dieting or disordered behavior. Um, if an individual thinks that it's going to help them lose weight or quote, quote, burn more calories, right? Because they will approach it with underfeeding themselves and hope to lose the weight. Oh, this is crazy. Let's talk about body image and Mm -hmm. postpartum, Mm -hmm. because I think that's another probably a big part of it. Perhaps women didn't realize that they had a body image struggle before, but they come into this period where their body is under tremendous change. Absolutely. What is the outcome of this in postpartum? If you came in with body image, how do we address that? Well, I don't think there's anyone, regardless of whether you have struggled with your relationship with food or not, that enters postpartum and doesn't feel uncomfortable in their body because there's no other time in our lives where we have such a dramatic shift physically, um, you know, in how we feel, right? And your body literally changes overnight from pregnancy to birth. So it is such a shift. And I think what comes up if you have, you know, concerns around body image in particular is the, the food and the feelings can get mixed up. Mm. Right. And this is part of what we do as kind of detectives with coaching or nutrition therapy is they can get so intertwined. It's hard to, you know, understand what is a feeling and what is an actual concern around my body. Because diet culture has told us that if you feel a certain way, it's because your body is a certain way or looks a certain way. So I think of all of the emotions that can accompany postpartum that might increase that risk, which would be, you know, a difficult birth experience or a birth not going the way that you'd hope for and sitting with grief um, or loss. I think of, you know, discomfort or fear that might show up in struggling to ask for help during postpartum or not getting enough support. Um, And thinking about losing weight or changing our bodies can probably offer a lot of relief during that time. Mm -hmm. It it, it must be a very sensitive, I I don't practice with women postpartum because that's not my specialty. That's when Mm -hmm. I refer to to you, to people like you, but it must be a very sensitive time to address those body image issues, but a must and a need to do at the same time. Absolutely. And it just is such a 
a ripe time to really yes. help us separate those pieces so that we can provide what the actual need is, right? If a mom is saying that they want to lose weight when they actually just need help around the house or, you know, they need time with their partner or they need sleep. I mean, let's meet the need first. Yeah. Because that's what diet culture does, right? It puts the blame on our body for anything else that's going quote, not as we want in the rest of our life. We, that pattern of thinking doesn't change postpartum. It goes right back while it's our body's fault. If we can only fix the body, then life would be better everywhere else. Exactly. Right. And the message, I think, specifically for moms is when I get my old body back, everything will be better. I'll feel better. I'll feel like myself. This baby won't cry so much. That's not true. (laughs) (laughs) He's still crying. Yes, he's still going to cry. That's interesting. And and the ultimate goal is for mom to have a, a good postpartum period and really enjoy it. But ultimately, it's also to preserve our our child or our children's ability to maintain what they're born with, which is intuitive eating. It's, It's both. Yes, absolutely. And that, you know, initial postpartum time not only has impacts on our children, right? And they're, you know, preserving their ability to regulate themselves and be intuitive, but also for us as, as women, as individuals, um, and thinking about, you know, our identity shift, it's a, a whole psychological transformation. Um, and I just think of how many women are really robbed of that time to bond with their babies, to be present with their families, to really settle into motherhood in this new phase of their life, because, they're distracted constantly by diet culture. Mm. I never thought about it. It's true. It's an identity shift because you move from being a woman, wife, fiance, partner to being a mother as well. That's another huge shift. Absolutely. And we know that that's exactly where diet culture kind of gets us. It's a a vulnerable time. It's a transition. And, um, you know, it can kind of rob us, even though it is a vulnerable time. But it's also just a huge time for growth as well. Well, And I think the whole influencer social media doesn't help matter neither because there's this perfect image of what post-pregnancy period should look like. And then Mm. the average woman is sitting there looking at this and looking at her life and saying, well, I don't like my life is not perfect. I don't have the perfect white house and everything's Mm -hmm. in order. And it just keeps adding on to the layer of stress that they're experiencing. Absolutely. Yep. So how do you work with women? I work two ways and I kind of think of it as a, an intersection in terms of sometimes these, these pieces really overlap, but I work with women who are looking for nutrition counseling and um, but specifically during the postpartum period, because there are needs during that time. So some of the instances that you and I spoke about, if, you know, you recently had a baby or postpartum means up to the first year and sometimes after. So we're not talking about six weeks to three months. If you even had your baby nine to 10 months ago, and you're starting to notice concerns around food, you know, that is still part of that experience. So 
Um, I work with moms looking for support with their relationship with food after birth um, and some of the challenges that come up around weight or food. And I also support moms with just general lactation concerns from a health at every size, you know, weight neutral supportive lens. So I really work with moms to try to identify some of the root causes um, that might support, you know, milk supply or any of the challenges that come up during the feeding relationship. So I've had a few clients who might see me for lactation concerns, and then they kind of morph into my nutrition counseling clients, which is really cool. Um, So that's kind of where that connection comes from. But those are the two pathways that I work with individuals. And do you also offer guidance on children's nutrition? Because that's always a big question that I have, like, how do we transition from milk to food and mm-hmm. how we approach that intuitively instead yeah. of the diet culture way? Absolutely. And it's usually part of my work with the parent, um, since I am supporting the parent at that time, you know, whether they decide to do baby led weaning, or, you know, when they're at that point of introducing solids, again, it can be such a wonderful mirror for the work that we might be doing, um, and kind of walking them through that time. And you do all of this virtually. I do. (laughs) This is phenomenal for me. (laughs) One of the pushes of COVID, I was offering some virtually um, prior, but I've really kind of got my process down a little bit more. Um, And you and I were speaking a little bit about lactation consultations even being virtual, which is huge because there are not always lactation consultants accessible in someone's area. It usually takes time for a consultant to drive to your home and to get to you. So it's a lot more accessible and research has found it's just as effective. Um, Does it provide that warm, fuzzy feeling you get when someone's in your home helping you? Um, But it actually is the same amount of effectiveness in that way. So they are provided all, all virtually right now. That's phenomenal because it's like when we talk with women about movement and finding a personal trainer that is health at every size, weight inclusive friendly, it's so rare that we have to go virtual. And then the same right. thing with lactation consultant to find someone who understand what, how you're wanting to lead, lead your life virtually is the answer. So now you can work with anyone mm-hmm. from anywhere and provide the same lineage of thinking in their period of postpartum, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I think it's so great for providers like us because we can really make sure that we're connecting our clients with providers who are in alignment. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then you have your book. I do. Can you talk a little bit? Where can we find the book? So the book, um, well, you can find it on my website, um, but you can find it also. We're all living that Amazon life yes. right now, <laughs> ordering lots of pieces. But you can also um, support, you know, smaller local retailers. Indie Bound is one. Barnes and Noble is another. Pals Books um, are some of the retailers where it's available. What's the title again? The Postnatal Cookbook. Very simple. Yes. And so it's that combination of 75 recipes, Um, but it's not just a cookbook. I also spent time in the beginning of it talking about some of what we talked about today, which is, you know, what to expect in terms of your nutrition needs after birth, um, approaching, you know, building a plate in terms of what nutrients to kind of focus on and also avoiding dieting as well. Yeah. And what I liked when I read the book is that every typical topic that you find in a postpartum book, you address, but you address the non-diet way. Ah, 
Yes. Right. You, <laughs> when I saw weight loss, I'm like, Ooh, what is she going to talk about there? And I, and then you went about it to approach the topic of weight loss in a non-diet way. So it was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Where can people find you? There'll be in the show notes, all the links will be there, but in case they're driving, like where can they find the one spot they can find you? Yes. So my practice is full circle, um, F U L L C R C L.co. That's my website. Um, full circle, because I think by healing our relationship with foods, it's, it's really coming full circle or healing and supporting our ourselves. So that's kind of the inspiration. Um, so you can find most of my work and, and book services with me there. I'm also pretty active on Instagram as well, and just provide some quick tips and mini lessons on there too. Perfect. Thank you very much, Erin. Thank you so much. There we go, ladies. This is just the beginning. I think I'm going to try to find another expert to come and talk about more in-depth around feminism and patriarchy narrative beyond food and lactation. So if you know someone, please uh, DM me, email us at info at stephaniedoze.com. I want to kind of do a part two to this interview, but I got to find the right woman <laughs> to deliver this message because believe it or not, I have received in the past people pitching themselves to be on the podcast, men, people identify as men trying to come and teach us women how to live our woman's life. But anyway, so... <laughs> I want a sister coming in and teaching this information for us. Now, I want to highlight that I personally highly recommend Jared and her team at Full Circle to provide you with non-diet nutrition counseling and lactation consultation in a non-diet way. So if you are in need of support, definitely reach out to her and her team. The links are in the show notes. With that, my sister... I just want to say again, I love you and look forward to hang out with you on the next podcast episode. Hey, you, if you enjoy listening to this show, you have to come and check Conquer and Try. It's my monthly coaching program that comes with expert courses that will show you exactly how to take this life changing work and apply it into your own life. We teach you how to change your mindset, eat intuitively and master body confidence that you've decided to stop dieting today or years ago, Conquer and Thrive will help you take this knowledge deeper into real life practices. It comes with access to me as your coach and my team of experts. Join us by simply going to www.stephaniedodzie.com forward slash join. I can't wait to meet you inside our Conquer and Thrive community. I'll see you on the other side.